0: Welcome to Woven Conversations. I'm your host, Michelle Meinhart. This is a podcast where I invite several of my friends from different perspectives and different experiences, and we discuss how things are woven together. Today, I have my friend Wendy, a high school librarian, join us to talk about things ranging from books to kids to COVID and everything in between. I hope you enjoy this episode of Woven Conversations. Hi, Wendy. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good. How is it to be back at school?
1: Uh, It is good. I miss students. Schools schools need students, need children in them. So Uh it was not the same uh, just working in
0: the library by myself. So
1: I'm really happy to have them back.
0: Good. Yes. So so for those who might not know you, you have been a longtime friend. We met years ago.
1: Yes. You were my oldest son and then my second son's youth
0: director that's kind of where
1: we started years Uh ago
0: yeah it was fun because I got to watch you you were the first adult that I had a ringside seat on what parenting was like and I learned so much just by sitting back and watching and so um, that has been my and still now you still lead the way because now you're grandparenting (sighs) I'm yeah. a little ways from that, yeah. but... That's different. It's good to watch as well. <laughs> it's a different animal.
1: <laughs> but a good one. Yes. But yes. I'm sure.
0: So I've got a few maybe warm-up questions for you okay. to get our conversation going. Perfect. Great. So these are just natural reaction. Don't give it too much thought. Okay. Okay. So if this were a Sunday afternoon, what would you be doing?
1: I would be making dinner for mm. family dinner night and pot and reading listening to podcasts while I'm
0: doing that. Excellent. That goes right to some of my other questions. What's your go-to grandma meal when you're making something for the family? Um, They like, they're very
1: easy to please. Luckily. Um, for grandma, I would say they like macaroni and cheese, of course, mm-hmm. but for the mom who tries to, you know, make everybody yeah. happy, um, something with meat, of course, because I have a lot of boys and they, <laughs> they do enjoy that. Yes. Um, some kind of pasta side, something, you know, kind of to fill their... So you their, all out. We do veggie. We, some, if we don't do dessert, then grandpa tells uh, Graham to ask Mimi where dessert is. So I have to have a backup somewhere. <laughs> Typically, it's Mark's ice cream in the freezer. There
0: you go. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Um, well, what's a uh, one thing that you have to leave town to buy that you wish that you could get just right down the street?
1: Mm.
0: This is for people who don't live forty five minutes from the nearest Target. They don't know what this mm-hmm. is like. So, um. Gosh, I was going
1: to say, it used to be coffee, but not anymore. Obviously, we have a wonderful coffee shop. I Mm -hmm. do like to try other coffee shops, though. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. um, I would say close. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we Mm -hmm. just don't really have close much here. Yeah. Get it? Mm hmm.
0: Um, Let's see. What's one thing that you find yourself telling your school kids all the time? A phrase? In the yoga world, we'd call that a mantra that you just keep, find yourself that you're repeating over and over.
1: Gosh, I think uh, in the last year, especially with having, this is our second group of seniors, just that, you know, things are going to work out okay. That mm, even though we feel like one. this is just a, a really hard, confusing, unsure time, things are going to work out okay because oh, they're, they're pretty uh, nervous about their futures
0: right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What's the last book or podcast that you've referred to or recommended to a friend? Mm. Um, I
1: listen my podcast that I've been listening to lately is crime junkies. um, uh, my daughter kind of turned me onto that and it scares me, but also like is exciting, so <laughs> I enjoy that. so I have referred some people to that um book um. Gosh, I read so many books. Like, it's hard. I, students, I have um, heroin is the, the latest one. We're doing it for book club. So um, it's just it's about a girl who is, um, she's the hero, heroine of her uh. softball team, but also then becomes addicted to heroin after an injury. So it's got, you know, the double meaning. And um, the kids are very excited about it. We've been trying to have book club for weeks. Yeah. Due to COVID, obviously, in the shutdown, mm, we yeah. haven't had to. So next Wednesday, we're finally going to get to discuss it. So, oh, that's fine. Yeah.
0: I'll have to put that on my list. That sounds interesting. It's really good. So YA. Yes. Yes. Excellent.
1: (laughs) So that kind of leads into uh, my first question for you. Um, So obviously I love books because my job as a librarian um, leads me to um, read all the time. Uh Um, I know you love to read too. All the time. Right. But you're more into adult books. So what are your probably five top (sighs) books that you've read?
0: That is so hard. Is there a genre involved? No, because okay. I know you do nonfiction too. When oh, I, I, I do. Th- I read yeah. it all. Yeah. In, in the last two or three years, I've done a ton of poetry. I start my mornings with poetry, and it is one of the best ways of starting the so, day. Yesterday's so, yesterday's poem
1: probably, yes, excited you. Oh, yeah. It was all amazing. Yes, yeah. It yeah, was yeah,
0: so good. Yeah. So good. Um, t- best five books. This is tough. I feel like I'm going to leave one off. I really enjoyed A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller. I read that when I was probably in my late 20s. Okay. And I have referred back to that continually because it talks about story. So it's a book about books. Right. And (laughs) so um, how could you not? I really loved uh, loved that one. Um, I feel like I gave that as gifts there for a while. Um, Oh, A Place for Us was one of my most recent loves. Oh, that was so good give me a second. Okay, oh, yeah, <laughs> Fatima Farheen Mirza. And mm-hmm. so it was a fabulous, it's fiction about a family on the West Coast. And it really, for me, what I walked away with when it came to this book was what, it's kind of the challenge and the beauty of handing your children a faith tradition that you know is not perfect, but it is so much of who you are. This sounds so interesting. It was so good. I'm going to say that it's really sad also. So I don't want to make it a happy rainbow recommendation, but it was a powerful book. It was the only book I was able to read early quarantine. Wow. Mostly because it was such a different setting, a different um, group of people. Yeah, That was a struggle, reading during quarantine. I couldn't do it. Me either. Yeah. Let me think. I think I've only gave you, you two ten. books and we're like 10 minutes in or something. <laughs> it's okay. You don't have to give me five. I just thought okay. maybe you'd have that list of That was a good one. Oh, no. Um, I definitely, definitely love uh, Rupi Kaur as a poet. Yes. So she has yes. a couple different books out. And so she is amazing. I would much, I would do much better if you just asked me authors. Oh, I also read recently the sequel to Beartown. So Beartown was amazing. Yes. Us Against Them. I'm reading it oh, right now. so amazing. Yes. yes. Fantastic writing. Yes. And it's a small town. And so I I just fall in love with like the town as a character all in itself. Mm -hmm. And so I love that. Yeah, I think I'm about a third of the way, maybe close to halfway Mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yes. I feel like you get three fourths of the way in and you're like, there's not even a hockey game yet. When do they start actually doing (laughs) this thing that the thing that the book is about? Yeah. Those are good. So those are probably some of my most, I'll say, okay. I'll qualify that as most recent favorites. Okay. Right. Yes, I get
1: because it. It's really hard to narrow that down sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you are a mom to preteens and mm-hmm. um, mental health is just something that uh, is, um, I think, has been an issue, but has come to light, like more with COVID mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. remote mm-hmm. learning and just being home a lot. Oh, for sure. Um, what worries you the most for your kids when uh-huh. it comes to their mental health?
0: I worry about the perceived connection that comes through the digital age leaving them more lonely than ever. Yes. That I granted we live out in the country so we don't have neighborhood kids. Um and but I know that my kids don't necessarily miss out on that. There's not a lot of neighborhooding right. happening nowadays. Um but there's so much We think we're connected when we have this access to other people online all the time. And that's not actually what brings connection. And so many times it brings about a sense of loneliness. And I worry that as my kids get older, they won't be able to differentiate between some of the feelings that they have around this perceived connection and what is real connection. Yeah, I worry about that for... Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I mean, not even
1: just students, kids. <laughs> right. I mean, I worry about that for adults too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was just reading something the other day that um, because of the way social media is set up based on the logarithms and what you're interested in, what you believe to be true, all of those kind of things, the more you click, the more your world becomes really, really narrow. Mm-hmm. And you're just not around other people to help kind of sharpen and shape in you. And so I just worry that. That's really lonely and isolating. Yeah. And so. um, Yeah. I can see that. That's probably one of my biggest ones. There's also just a whole lot of pressure. There's something that comes with the world having so much information available to us. And um, so when we know better, we're supposed to do better. And now that we know so much, it's really hard to do all that. Mm -hmm. And so. I worry about the levels of anxiety and perfectionism and things that will go into what my kids' future will be like because all this information is now available and we're supposed to know it and we're supposed to be able to live. I have so much compassion for my parents. Like we we talk all the time about me being raised on macaroni and cheese and Denny Moore beef stew. And if I were now, I, I just I can't eat that. It makes me feel gross. It, I just can't. Mm-hmm. But that was my diet growing up, and my. Parents were doing what they knew was right at the right. time. That's what we knew. Right. Now there is just so much information. Yeah. And so we're supposed to be able to make all of these, I don't know, adjustments to life and do all of these things. And it's just going to stack up to be impossible at some point. Yes. If yeah. not already. Yeah. But. Yeah. So those, yeah. are, those are probably my biggest concerns uh, coming in specific to just kids in general, not, not even COVID and remote learning specific. <laughs>
1: Well, um, when I did meet you Mm -hmm. all those years ago, like Uh you were, I was always um, impressed because you were the big idea person. You were probably my first real friend that had like the ideas because I'm very (laughs) much the taskmaster. So, Um, so how did, so you are you know, you're the big picture gal, your brain's always moving. How Mm -hmm. did that lead you? How did you get from there to yoga?
0: Because that's quite a, you know, it is quite a jump. jump, Yeah. Um, Honestly, it kind of is along the same thing though. When we moved back to Upper Sandusky from Troy, I just showed up and I asked around to find out where the yoga studio might be if somebody was teaching some classes. I mean, I wasn't certified to teach or anything. I had taken a lot of classes from my studio in Troy, but I, I was willing to go about anywhere to to have that still in my life. And everybody I kind of asked were like, yeah, no, that, that we used to have a class a little bit. And so it was very much like a well. This needs to exist, so I guess I'm going to have to go do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, that does make sense. That is yeah, how you and work. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, it's always, for me, it's always just a jumping off platform too. Like it's a wonderful to be able to have people come into a place and move and feel good in their bodies for an hour or so. And there's so many benefits with that, but a lot of it comes down to also the things that we were just talking about connection Mm -hmm. and feeling connected within ourselves so that we can connect with other people that we, if we can find our truest self for an hour, which in this very, very loud world, we don't always take the opportunity to to do yeah. and so then we then we can better connect with other people yeah that's good i yeah. like that yeah. yeah so it does make sense it's all connected it does, <laughs> it does. it's but it, you're right because the actual act of like writing a yoga class and putting it together is very you know task mastery. <laughs> yes i've had to adjust <laughs>
1: you've grown yes i have <laughs> thank um, goodness so um as a you know, you have children in school Mm -hmm. and COVID came along. And so how do you think our education
0: will or should be changing? Mm. I'm telling you, this is a whole other hour long episode. If we could sit down and talk about schools. I see COVID as the great revealer. Like they're it was an atrocity and I, the, the, the deaths and the sicknesses that have happened have been terrible. But what it has done is not created problems. It's really served to pull back the curtain and show us what was already there. And I feel like schools are the primary example, healthcare also being right up yes, there. Yes. And so the big issues with getting kids back into classrooms were things like, well, we, we can't keep enough space. And so to me, that just reveals, oh, maybe our classrooms are a little bit overcrowded. And maybe perhaps the best educational situation for students is something more like 10 to 12 students per teacher rather than 25 or 30. A dream. I know. (laughs) I know. And so I feel like. That's just pulling back the curtain to say, like, oh, gosh, we have overcrowded classrooms. It took us a pandemic to realize that we literally can't function like that without endangering lives. And we have to start asking some questions of, like, well, okay, so if our physical health isn't in question, is it still good enough? And is good enough what we want? I I feel like those are some of the big questions. But you also get into larger, like, societal structure issues with – Some of these kids were dependent on schools to feed them and to take care of them and to make sure that they were okay and alive. And that shouldn't be the job of a school. The job of a school is to educate, to help minds expand. And if these services are required, we need to find a better way to get them the services rather than dumping it on teachers and school staff and asking them to still, by the way, get all of this educating done in the meantime. And so I feel like the the big question of do we go back or not I, was a legitimate one regarding kids who just really needed it. But we have to ask questions around, should that even be the job of the school in the first place? If mm-hmm. there needs to be a – yeah, it's easy because that's where you find all this the kids at. Logistically, it's, it makes sense. But it's not – what teachers need to be doing in order to best educate kids right and so i feel like there's some just real structural issues at play so but i will dance in the streets and celebrate that there won't be any like (laughs) testing to help you know teachers are finally able to create a well whatever plan they can to make this year work right you know and so i celebrate for them on that they don't have to worry (laughs) about that being put upon them as well yes um okay with that real
1: quick um with covid and a small business owner Uh, because you are one mm -hmm. um how have you adapted and grown Mm. during that
0: we adapted i adapted slowly we put some things online and but mostly what it really was um was just taking our time to kind of And being patient with ourselves. I mean, there's a million and five places where you can go get yoga online. Right. So COVID for me as a business owner was a chance to say, why me? Like, why would I keep offering a practice every week online when there's – you know, yoga with Adrian or whatever it is. Those are perfectly great. I mean, there's lots of online yoga stuff that I do. It's fine. So why would I keep doing it if it's not? And it really came down to, oh, so the, the yoga, the what I'm doing here is much more than putting together a fitness video. It's, you know, the teaching that goes into it. It's the people that come together. So even while we were on lockdown those weeks, we were still getting together via Zoom and being able to just check in and see one another, and that alone meant so much to people. Uh, I was doing a, a Monday meditation, so we would just jump online and I would lead a guided meditation for like five to 20, who knew, minutes every <laughs> week. And just the connection in that way. We're literally sitting there and doing nothing, <laughs> but being able to come together. It was just, COVID was a good chance to remind me of, of what I do and why I do it, but um, Once we were open, we were able to be open. I have felt so supported by my community of people. The people who want me to be here are are making sure that I can. And so at Christmas, it was that kind of a thing too. People really showed up and said, we want to make sure that these places, I'm not the only one, still exist later. So we're going to. We're going to shop that way. And it meant so much to me. Um, there was even a couple families, real specific families that I could tell make a, made a concerted effort, not just with my business, but with local businesses. And so what a way to show your town that you matter. And so, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess the last
1: question I have is, okay. um, so we have a new president and vice president. Oh, so mm-hmm. why um, is Kamala Harris's, you know, the her being our vice president, such an important event in this country. That was really exciting. I know. I like, Did you watch the whole thing? I did. The the, I, got, I had episode. it on, and I yes. know, like our history teachers all did, but I had it on in the library yeah. for the kids who came in, and uh, that's fun. Some watched with me a little bit, but yeah, yeah it it, uh, it was yeah a lot of a lot of
0: feelings. Very yesterday. yeah historic. Yeah. So I think that the fact that it's so historic is the reason why it's so important. I remember learning, I was not, I was not a lifelong RBG fan, mm-hmm. uh, but so I came to her later in my life. And I remember reading the story of when she was explaining of like, somebody had asked her something like, well, how long will you keep fighting to get more women on the Supreme Court? And she said, until there are nine. And I think the... The answer that people anticipated was like, you know, four, five, half, Mm -hmm. like, you know, the population of our country. And she was like, no, for most of history, there have been nine men and nobody thought to question it. Right. So I want to get to a place where we could have nine women and nobody would think to question it. Yeah. Because we could Mm -hmm. clearly find somebody qualified. And so that kind of thinking and mentality is why I think it's so important is we're finally able to show that. There is somebody qualified, like half of our population is a woman. Right. And so um, it was great to kind of see that progress. But I feel I feel a little RBG ish about it. Like, yeah, very small, small fish in the big pond in terms of I don't think that's right metaphor. It's just a very small step in what needs to be done. But it's exciting that we're taking steps. Yeah. So it's it was fun to
1: um, see um, in social media on the different Mm -hmm. platforms what former students that Mm -hmm. are very excited Mm -hmm. and just like how they were like, this is, you know, this is historic and I got to be a part of it. And my daughters are going to know that this is just how it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's not that going to be like
0: this is a big deal, but yes, it is. That's where yeah. I want to get yes, to become yes. to be is where it's not a big deal right. when those things happen, right. and the the numbers are representative. But yes. I do think COVID will be a step back for women in that regard. So many people are mostly women are the ones having to rearrange their lives in order to take care of things, and right. so. Um, I think a lot about younger women who are just starting families and starting careers, and what this has put upon them. Like as you moved up the ladder, and you you find new ways to navigate those challenges. I I think a lot about the younger ones and what yeah. that could be like. So I was lucky. We have a flexible life, but yes, not everybody does. No, I know. Yeah, so very lucky that way. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, Wendy, yes. thank you so much for coming. Yes, I could welcome. chat with I you know, forever. It's, we yeah, do yes, often. I but know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you yes. got to join us here. So um, until next time, namaste.